Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can also find us every Monday morning at bff.fm from 6 to 6.30. We are so back from Sundance 2020. You can hear it in our voices. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, are we? Dragging along. Are we back? Yeah, I mean... Yes. We came in like a... Feel better about being home. So much better. It's nice to be yeah, home. Yeah, I'm going to be in a cave for a week. Leave me alone, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, like I... You haven't been home yet. So I've, I've barely been home, like. but I've seen... When did I, I saw you guys like, what, four days ago? Five days ago? How long ago Thursday. was that? You dropped us off at like five. So at that was five, four and a half days ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was like a year ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot has gone down since then. Yeah. Yeah, but um, we're back. We had uh, we had a whirlwind of a time at Sundance. I feel like more so than the year before, but maybe it's just because we were there a little longer. Um, there were kind of some new players to the game, and um, we. I it think feels we like did, we did more. I feel like yeah. we worked we, a lot more than we, learned, we did last we did. time. Well, we had over sixty interviews. Yeah, at um, least a couple red carpets. An extra interview um, that we'll be rolling out later this week with Ruby Ibarra. So, um, yeah, it was a lot. Plus, you know, trying trying to f- get in where we can fit in some events, some downtime, some free food. Some hot tubbing. <laughs> so, yes, hot tubbing. We fit in some hot tubbing. So yeah, yeah. It's like we couldn't even, like our whole goal was to like record while we were there and we just, we just yeah. didn't. <laughs> yep. I mean, we we tri- we tried. Actually, that'll probably be an episode in the coming weeks of bits and pieces from those because we did try, and what we came out with, I don't think any of us like. Not we couldn't get a we we can't get a um a full three person consensus that we all want to put that one out. <laughs> no, it, it, it's everything's gonna be lopsided. <laughs> well, I think we have two that can at least go out. So uh, I just want to hear the third one. That's all. Well, we've got that one at the cabin too. Which is <laughs> oh, our roundup or our, with John? Well, no, we got no the the one with John at the cabin. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the cabin. The 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 where I got yelled at in the middle of the night. No, um, oh. where we recorded in the back, our our friend French's place. Oh, the oh, cabin. That cabin. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the condo. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, that one we'll have to listen to. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. We did like four so of like them. Two we did that the one questionable. One after the Go Go's. We did the one at the bar, the cabin. Right. We did the one at the cabin as the roundup. That's probably the one that's the best out of all That'll of them. That'll be the best. Yeah. And then there was the one that Ange and I did after Ange woke up. Aaron tried to tried to wake up Aaron at night to do something with well, us. Well, after you did Snow Angel, Char did a Snow Angel at one in the morning. The best snow angel I've ever seen. And then, uh, and then we need I tried video to, of that, please. And then I tried to Char. wake up Aaron to come record with us. Yeah, we and so we've got a recording. It was more of a yelling at me <laughs> and talking about brand and business. It was just weird. So, uh, which it doesn't it kind of makes sense <laughs> when you just. But said. I think what we recorded was good. I should have recorded that, and then we should have just put that on. And then, yeah. But we, yeah, we've got like, uh, yeah. So that right there is four, four bits. We'll the, see what we'll see what shakes out in that. It might be like a split of all four of them in one. That's that's what I'm saying. It might be pits and pieces from all of that yeah. stuff that like we just recorded stuff and we thought that we could put some stuff out and it just it just never it never exactly fell that way. No. But that's okay. 
It's fine. I think when we weren't doing interviews, I just didn't feel like talking anymore. <laughs> That's why it's like. Well, there was I'm one tired. time Can that we, we said we somewhere and have yeah. A drink? Well, we said we were gonna go. Um, uh, I, we were gonna go to the uh, back to the cabin, go back to the condo, and um, and record. But I think all of us ended up not wanting to really talk to each other, so we just all went <laughs> into the corners and were, put headphones on. Like everybody kept saying that I stayed in the same spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then we'd have we movies to, to watch. We had to watch movies. Yeah. So that was kind of more important. Yeah. I, well, yeah, and I think <laughs> what happened was everybody kind of had their spots. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, when we all would go home, I would sit at the table in front of my computer next to the printer. Well, you had your whole setup. And setup. I, yeah, I had that set up, <laughs> and then. Uh, and I was on the couch. On the well, couch. And John had, was on the other side. I had side. a spot and then someone took it. So I had to pick another spot. And then... Um, Kramer picked his spot. Oh, that's right. my spot. <laughs> of course. Good old Kramer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah. Oh, and then the TV... You guys wanted to watch... We wanted to watch movies together and then the TV stopped working. That wasn't the worst thing, though. Because it's not like we all needed to watch the same things. So. That's true. But yeah, um, we're back. There was a lot that happened. Um, we are going to uh, throw you a boner. I don't know what I'm trying to say right now. I'm already tired. Throw uh, her a boner? Yeah. I'm not trying to throw her a boner. Throw me a boner? No. <laughs> what? She said her, so I thought you were talking no. about Char. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're going to start you guys off with uh, our first of a million interviews from Sundance. It's with the director, Lana Wilson, for the film that just released this last Friday on Netflix called Miss Americana about Taylor Swift. And in our, um, in our daily buzz bitch, John Wildman handled this interview. And do you have anything to add to this before we uh, throw no, to that? I really enjoyed this documentary, and I was just kind of... You know, we had to watch 30-plus films for Sundance, and I wasn't particularly as excited about this one just because I don't know anything about Taylor Swift and I don't really listen to her music. Not because I dislike, you know, I just don't. It's just not on my radar because I'm old. So I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a great documentary, and I have a lot of respect for her as a writer and a storyteller and a musician. And there are a lot of scenes in this documentary. I'm going to watch it again on Netflix for sure. And there are a lot of scenes that I really enjoyed uh, watching her process. Um, so I'm glad that I got to cover this. And, and Lana was great. So I hope you enjoy the interview. I'm your host, John Wildman, here with my co-host from Bitch Talk, Angela Tabora. And this segment, we're going to talk about the documentary premiere section film, Miss Americana. We have with us the director, Lana Wilson. Lana, it's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. All right. Tell us what Miss Americana is about. Well, Miss Americana is about a a little-known singer-songwriter named Taylor Swift (laughs) as she goes through a transformational period in her life. You know one of the things I think is wonderful about, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, we, it, this is the first film that Angela and I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still talking about it um, mm-hmm. several days later, to your credit. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, sh- the the film in many ways is about her growth. And, and you would go, well, the obvious is because she started at such a young age. So, of course, it's about her growth. But it's actually about the growth of her uh, willingness to use her voice and her comfort with doing that, which I, which I think was amazing. And I would like for you to start off talking about, as the filmmaker, 
how you decided to frame her story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, when I when I first met her in 2018, kind of early 2018, she was just coming out of being away from the public eye for a year. And she was coming back into the public eye, but she, you know, is someone who realized that for years she'd been living for public approval and she wanted to change that. She wanted to kind of reconstruct her whole belief system and start to be not the person who everyone wants her to be, but the person who she wants to be. So basically I started to witness this evolution of her political feminist consciousness in this incredible way. And that was what felt the most relatable and compelling to me as a director as I watched this unfold. So that was what I wanted to make the spine of the story. But it really, it started with me having a lot of questions and curiosity and the story emerged through the filming. Yeah, that was one of the things that was so interesting to me because you see this dichotomy of her since she's 13 years old, Mm -hmm. writing music, playing music, and essentially pouring her heart out into these songs. Mm -hmm. She says at one point, it's like opening my journal and, and reading a journal entry. So she's so open about her feelings, what she's going through. Yet at the same time, she's so she needs this approval and and she she's not unsure of herself. So like really confident in this one side of her Mm -hmm, life mm -hmm. and just really like the opposite spectrum in in, in this other side. So Mm -hmm. it was really interesting watching that battle within her. Yeah. No, it's she's someone who has always expressed the full range of emotions and with such candor and specificity and brilliance in her songwriting, but in her kind of public facing life, in part because she's under more media scrutiny and pressure than almost any person on earth, I would say, Um, and in part because of the particular expectations of women and girls who I think Mm -hmm. are often expected to be nice, seek the approval of everyone, Mm -hmm. not make anyone uncomfortable with their points of view, in part because of those social expectations, it was like a leash was on her in a way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I got to see her taking the leash off. Yeah, I think there are many wonderful moments, but one of those wonderful Mm -hmm. moments is her sorry, not sorry moment. Yes. That's my personal favorite. You know, it's just great the thing of like, why am I saying I'm sorry? You know, you're talking talking about in in my house that I paid for with the songs that I wrote about my life for my diary. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And isn't that relatable? Yes. I mean, I say I'm sorry about like a thousand times a day. Mm -hmm. I've had to just stop beating myself up about it. I'm just like, I'll try, but I'm also not going to beat myself about constantly saying sorry because that's what women are trained to say constantly. I apologize to the door when I bump into it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And and when it comes to really, like, she's such a public figure, how did you gain this trust from her to, to let you see these intimate sides of her that we, we never have seen before? Yeah. <clears throat> well, part of it is that she had seen my previous work. So I think she understood me as a storyteller. I mean, I make films that are... Um, often about people living in extraordinary circumstances and films about subjects that have a lot of headlines and perhaps sensational sound bites attached to them. And I try to show the complexity, the gray area, mm-hmm. and I, I like to give the audience space to come to their own conclusions. So she really mm-hmm. responded to that storytelling style and had some trust for me as a director because of that. And then the other part of it is just taking time. Yeah, she hadn't done an interview in three years. No one had ever filmed her writing songs in the studio before. So that was just a matter of building up the trust over the days of shooting. Yeah, let me give a quick shout mm-hmm. out 
setup for your earlier work is after Tiller, uh, one of the, just a sublime film uh, that takes one of the most uh, such a, a difficult, complex subject. And uh, you know, I had it at several of my festivals that, I, that I'm part of. Oh, great! And uh, you know, and, and and so it's important to to remind people um, ab- about that film. I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> the other thing that I want to talk about, which I think is wonderful about this film, is showing her as a working artist mm. you know and and there's so many scenes where we actually see her watch her write a song with one of her music supervisors or producers ba- taking their cues from her trying to keep up with her mm-hmm. as she goes along and we rarely see that yeah. and and I think it's remarkable that she allowed you to do that but so important because she is a writer yeah and we forget mm-hmm. that so first and foremost yeah, yeah. I, I do think people especially people who don't really know her music or her very well I think people might have the misconception that she's a pop star with a giant machine behind her and what I saw was could not be more different than that I saw one extraordinary artist who is creatively in charge of every aspect of her songwriting the ideas the aesthetics for the albums the music video in this way that I found thrilling to watch as an artist and she has been writing songs since she was 12 years old she's written every song she's ever recorded which is extraordinary I mean I think she's one of the greatest songwriters of all time and to get to see her in action is really a gift for any creative person or not creative person to just learn from the, the mix of work ethic mm-hmm. and being able to catch those moments of inspiration when they come. Because, you know, anyone who I think is a writer or a filmmaker or anything, you know, if the moment of inspiration comes, you have to catch it then or mm-hmm. it goes away and you forget about it. Mm-hmm. So it's I love watching that stuff. Yeah, I, ha- I have to say I, I didn't know a lot about her either. And it mm-hmm. really I really gained this new level of just respect. She's the last of this dying breed of these artists that do everything and mm-hmm. touch everything. I love mm-hmm. that part when she's thinking about her ideas for this music video. Yeah. And then you, you just kind of see them side by side actually coming to fruition. Yeah. It's really powerful. Um, but I also love that, uh, as John said, she's just kind of running the show and telling these mm-hmm. men, you know, like, keep up with me, let's go. Mm-hmm. And I think for somebody who claims to, you know, her, her self-esteem was always an issue. Like, I, I think once she realized her worth like yeah. you know then and because and we see that strength throughout the whole thing totally we're all trying to move through the world feel confident with ourselves be true to what we believe in and I feel like I got to witness her uh, gaining this incredible courage to say what she believes in in a new way because it was there all along. Yeah, of course it's there all along. Mm-hmm. Totally. And in the lyrics, you know, and I, 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 I was thinking about this uh, afterwards, you know, and uh, uh, the Ken Burns documentary series on country music. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was fascinating about that is that it, the country music fans um, can, at a moment's notice, uh, recite a lyric almost like they're reciting scripture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and so I was thinking about her, you know, because we do think of her more as a, as a pop music mm-hmm. artist than a country artist, but she falls within that, that, that realm of someone whose lyrics literally, I, I was saying, you know, yeah, Chris Christopherson in, in, you know, into, uh, you know, to, to Dolly Parton, into Taylor Swift, yeah. you know, lyrically there is art there. Yeah. And again, that, that's something that, that you illuminate, uh, you know, in the film. My question also is that, again, there's so much trust that has to be had behind the filmmaker, and we've touched upon, upon that a little bit. But there's also, as the documentarian, sometimes you, you take on this, this, this burden of responsibility 
mm-hmm. the person that you're profiling. Mm-hmm. And and I would love for you to talk about that because you know this is not your first rodeo doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but talk about your, your your thoughts. You know, as you go through the process of going, I need. I, you know, this person's trusted me. I need to tell their story the right way. Mm-hmm. That's a great question, and it is for any subject. You're you're asking yourself, I need to honor the trust this person has put in me and capture some fundamental truths. I mean, that's always what it is. You can't get every aspect and shade of a person into a 90-minute film. It's impossible. So you have to think, what is the theme? What is the story I want to tell? And what is the fundamental emotional truth of what this person is going through? So to, in order to figure that out, for me, it's a matter of, First while shooting, and then while looking at the footage in the editing room, just noticing what I respond to, where you have those bizarre moments of self-recognition in the situation of someone who, on the outside, could not see more different than you. Noticing that. Mm-hmm. Because if you're feeling that stuff, the audience will too. And for me, at first, I thought, you know, I wonder what I could possibly have in common with one of the most famous people on Earth. But in the end, this felt like one of the most personal movie-making experiences I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I, I think at the same time, another thing that I really took from it, and I'm hoping other people do too, is um, with social media, the how quick we are to judge people. Yeah. And you didn't speak up soon enough, or you spoke up too soon, or mm-hmm. you know, letting uh, the fact that people need space to breathe and process something, mm-hmm. and, and let me just think about something before I just word vomit my immediate emotions. Um, the fact that we judge people so readily, mm-hmm. um, I, I hope that people take away from that that you know. Um, the, the pressures <laughs> that we all have, even as normal citizens, let alone as someone famous. Oh, yeah. And the, the notion that, like, writing one wrong thing can make or break you is just so ridiculous mm-hmm. and unfair. It's so true. We, we are living in this Twitter soundbite world where we judge things in this very black and white way. And, you know, you don't get clicks by writing a nuanced headline. <laughs> yes. Not at all. And, mm-hmm. and it's true what you say that we are all living in public now. We're all putting ourselves out there constantly conscious of who likes us or not, of how we measure up. And in that way, I saw the stuff that Taylor was dealing with not as just a celebrity challenge, but as something we're all dealing with, but on a massive global stage. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and, 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 and we're going to be wrapping up soon, but I also, but following up on that, another question I had was, you know, um, you could have easily in... And, and you're so far beyond this, but in, in that behind the music kind of style, you could have mm-hmm. gone through you could have gone through the relationships mm-hmm. that we all know mm-hmm. because, of course, as someone like her, mm-hmm. you know, we know all the relationships. Mm-hmm. But you pointedly don't, mm-hmm. and and in fact, um, you know, you know, I don't even know who 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 the guy was that that mm-hmm. was there, and which I loved. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that you know that you kept the focus on her and we didn't devolve in that, yes. but. Talk about your intellectually what you were thinking. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's like this is a woman who, who she is 15 years before she became famous and 15 years of her career. I didn't want to make like an illustrated Wikipedia entry of her life, and I didn't want to retread ground that's been widely covered in the media already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do people not know? And so the criteria for me was fundamentally, this is the story of a good girl deciding to speak out. Anything that is backstory or that is context has to relate to that. And, you know, as far as as far as the role of her relationship in the film, I'm glad you appreciated that. Mm-hmm. She has had so many relationships go through the private ringer. She's in this relationship now that she understandably wants to keep private. And so I really wanted to respect that while also being able to have a moment that does indicate the significance of this relationship in her life in a way that you can feel emotionally. It, 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 was, it was really... It, 
it was finessed very, very well. Thanks. Uh, again, the film is Miss Americana in the documentary premiere section at Sundance, and we've been talking with Lana Wilson, the director. It's been great having you here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. That was Angie's interview with Lana Wilson, who is the director of the Netflix documentary Miss Americana that features Taylor Swift. I'll have to say um, I'm just sad that Ange had to watch this movie because I went to go see another movie at the same time, which I really wanted her to see. I really wanted to see that movie, too. Which was Justin Simeon's uh, film Bad Hair, uh, but at some point we'll get to see that maybe together. That's the problem. All these times overlapped with each other yeah. in terms of like films that we wanted to see and Half half the films we wanted to see, none of us got to see, right. just because we're too well, busy. We actually, but. but I will say, this time we actually got to watch movies. Yes, we got <laughs> to watch did. more movies in yeah. a theater. In, in theaters, and we actually had to, I, and that maybe that was part of the craziness, is last time you guys watched a bunch beforehand, and then watch had to watch stuff at night. But this time, I mean, it was very rarely, maybe you guys had one movie each to watch last year uh, in the theater. If that, I only I, watched one. In I total. only watched yeah. one, and it wasn't even for interviews. You watched one for fun, yeah? Oh yeah, because yeah, I had a ticket. Right, so. that's right. Yeah, yeah see? and I couldn't go to the one that they were going to. And um, this time, we had to, you know, split up the gang several times to be able to watch to cover stuff. Yeah, to be able to cover and and get the movies, um, and you know, have coverage of somebody watching the movie that did the interview. Well, so. last year we didn't even know about these press and industry screenings right. at Sundance. Right, we like, and I. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, what are you calling us? Yeah, they have these press and industry screenings that you just need a working press badge and right. you can just go as long as they have line. seats. You just yeah. get in line, so that's great. Now we know for future reference. Right. That's the key to getting into them because yeah. you can't get a ticket. Well, we keep possible. learning stuff. Last year we learned a lot of stuff. <laughs> this year we're, we learned, I think, we learned 10 times more this year than we did last year. Learned a lot. And Real excited about what we learned. <laughs> <laughs> and super stoked for next year. And so, yeah, there's a there's definitely a lot of different approaches we will be taking. Totally. So that we can do with all the other stuff. So I'm gonna also watch Miss Americana before we see each other again. So maybe we can chat about it more next week. I, I'm a, I'm excited because I think John said that someone I know is actually in that documentary, and I'm glad if it is him, he's getting some shine. Uh, because he's worked with um, Taylor Swift for a really long time. So yeah, and the, that's that's those are the best scenes in the movie, in my opinion, where when she's working with her producer and she's just like running the show. It's great. Well, I I I went with Ange to the screening, and I knew that this would be well because I'm a Taylor Swift fan. So I was like, okay, the, you know, like oh, I knew that you know I'd be fine. That with, was the like, only one, Char. Like, because it was a lot of reading, right? You had to read about all the films, and Char mm-hmm. was like, well, there's one about Taylor Swift that'd be cool to cover. Yeah, and that was like yeah, your exactly. only comment. Well, there were one, there were a handful. The one movie, <laughs> but this, but although it was like this was like uh, the first night that we didn't have anything due yet. You know, like we hadn't recorded anything. We hadn't. This was. We just came into Park City, and I'm like, well, if there's gonna be something that I'm gonna watch, because last year I didn't even walk into a theater, mm-hmm. and so I was like, if I'm gonna walk in and watch one movie, I might as well watch something that's interesting. You know, that I know that I might enjoy, knowing that you like you weren't. You're like kind of indifferent either way, 
but then in the very opening scene uh it was about it talked about uh taylor swift was talking about herself journaling and one of her uh, journals on the front said uh bad bitch (laughs) (laughs) i thought we were getting taylor swift so i'm like oh cool i haven't seen the movie but i'll have something to talk to her about but we didn't get her but uh yeah no so oh so that's another thing to talk to her about once we get her on the mic (laughs) that day journal but one day. anyways, yeah, I got to see that one, and I thought that was the only thing I was going to see. I l- walked out of there going, I'm not going to have time to see anything Little else. Little did you know. Little did I know I was going to see that. Don't rub it in. Yeah. We'll talk Hopefully about that. we'll get to see it. We'll talk about that another point. time. Yeah. Um, so thanks for listening. That's our first real interview segment out of Sundance 2020. Go see Miss Americana on Netflix. You don't even have to go anywhere. Just, you're sitting right. there already. Just, just sit on your open ass. Open your Netflix. And, yeah, press a button. <laughs> there you go. Beauty. Never mind. Uh, you can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can also find us every Monday morning from 6 to 6.30 on BFF.fm. We are powered by GoTo Productions. Bitch, please. <laughs> <laughs>